0: call comes ringing the restless waves. Send, the light. Send, the light. send the light hello welcome to another podcast send the light this episode i'll be doing it by myself our brother matt tyson is taking care of some family business hopefully he'll be back by the end of the month in keeping with our promise our commitment to produce two of these a month uh i am here alone today and I'm going to begin a study through Genesis chapter one through Genesis chapter 11. I'm a member of the Church of Christ that meets at this, at, uh, in Waterloo, Iowa, where our congregation is called the Cedar Terrace Church of Christ. And our goal in this program is to bring the doctrines of Christ in a manner that is relaxed and interesting and helpful encouraging to our faith one man said that we will not believe things that we do not know and we will not practice things that we do not believe so it is very beneficial and helpful to us to learn some of these things that increase our faith and help us be more godly in our lives if you have questions or comments please see the contact information below be happy to respond And uh, we would love to sit down with you and have studies with you in person. Also, we have lots of uh, free contact material, correspondence courses, tracts, various other studies that we would love to share with you. Our congregation meets uh, symbols at the Cedar Terrace Church of Christ at 2543 in Waterloo, Iowa. We meet at 1030 on Sunday mornings and at 7 o'clock on Wednesday evening so today as we begin uh this study in genesis chapters 1 through 11 i want to begin by pointing out that there are four ways to organize the books of the old testament first of all there is a twofold division and it is called the law and the prophets we find that reference for a twofold division in the words of jesus in matthew chapter 5 verse 17 where he says do not think that i came to destroy the law or the prophets. By these references, he means the law, which is the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis through Deuteronomy, and the prophets, all the rest of the Old Testament books. Then Jesus also often referenced the Old Testament in a threefold division. In Luke 24, verse 44, he says, these are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. These, of course, reference the law is still the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament. The prophets referred to Joshua through Esther and Isaiah through Malachi, and the writings refer to the Song of Solomon uh, from referred to Job, to the Song of Solomon. Then there's a fourfold division. Now, this division is not found in Scripture, but man has created this fourfold division to help us understand and divide the books it's just a way of an organization tool, the law, the history, Genesis, uh, Joshua through Esther, poetry, Job through Song of Solomon, and prophecy, Isaiah through Malachi. And then there's a fivefold division, law, history, poetry, major prophets Isaiah through Daniel and minor prophets Hosea through Malachi when you ever you hear someone reference the major or minor prophets please don't take those adjectives that describe them to mean something more than the size of the book they're very important they're all inspired and so this is the way that scholars and the Lord has chosen to describe the books of the Old Testament and to divide them for organizational purposes. Now, there are 39 books in the Old Testament canon. It's easy to remember this number because there's three letters in the old and the word old and nine letters in the word testament. The longest book in the Old Testament is the book of Psalms. The longest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. The middle book is the book of Proverbs, and the shortest is the book of Obadiah. The middle chapter in the Old Testament is Job chapter 29, and the shortest chapter is Psalms 117. The longest verse in the Old Testament is Esther 8, verse 9. There's 43 words there. And the shortest is Psalms 146, verse 1. The Torah, the first five books in which our study centers and draws its uh, foundation, is often called the Pentateuch or the law of Moses, or simply Moses. The word Torah simply means teaching. Pentateuch is is an ancient Christian name. It is not a Hebrew word for the first five books, and it means five scrolls. A portion from the five scrolls or five books is read every Sabbath, that's Saturday, in the Jewish synagogues. The New Testament refers to these books often, gives Moses the credit for writing these books. And Luke 24, verse 44, which I just read, Jesus says it's the law of Moses. Luke 24, verse 47, he refers to it simply as Moses, as well as in John 5, verse 46, the writings of Moses and the word of God. We read that in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 7, verse 13. That's probably my most favorite description of any of the books, 66 books of the Bible, is the Word of God. Moses wrote these first five books. Jesus gives credit to Moses for writing these five books, and they take us from uh, creation and the creation of Adam to the death of Moses. It was the custom of the early Jews to use the first key word or first important word in each book or scroll to name the book. So, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, Genesis 1 verse 1. The word in the beginning is determined to be the first important word in that verse, and so the book Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, is called Genesis, which word literally means beginning. He probably wrote these Books during this book, particularly during the 40 years of wilderness wandering, approximately 1425 BC. And these are guesstimate dates, so uh, nothing's hard and fast when we give them a date like this. He was likely motivated to write to remind the people of Israel of their roots. Genesis serves us the same way. As people of faith in the one true God, in Jehovah God, Genesis serves us serves to remind us of our roots of where we came from, and of how we came to be. Paul ties this book into the Christian faith with comparisons of the faith of Abraham, whose story takes up a major part of the book of Genesis. Abraham's story is recorded for us there, number uh, Genesis 12 through about Genesis 35, and Paul makes strong reference to Abraham and to Abraham's faith, to Abraham's obedience, in Galatians. Genesis is the seventh largest book in the Old Testament. It has 50 chapters. And the main chapter in Genesis, by my estimation, is Genesis chapter 15. It is in this chapter that God ratifies his covenant, establishes his covenant with Abraham, and specifies certain promises that he made to Abraham. Genesis is divided into two major groups. Chapters 1 through 11 form the beginning. In these chapters, we learn of the beginning of the world, the creation. We learn of the fall of man into sin with Adam and Eve, ate the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. We learn about the flood in Genesis chapter 6 through 9, where God spared humanity through one man whom he found faithful and righteous in all of the earth. That man's name, of course, was Noah. And then, of course, we have the Babel event where mankind, having survived the flood and begun to re-inhabit the earth, refused to spread out and to uh, conquer the earth as God intended. Instead, they tried to stay together and build a tower so that they could reach God. They wanted to put themselves on an equal level with God. There's four main characters and plenty of supporting characters in the book of Genesis. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are really the four main characters. We also also can see Adam and uh, others in, in this book as well. The book of Genesis can be viewed as, uh, first of all, the process of degeneration. In Genesis 3, we have the degeneration of the individual. That's Adam's disobedience. In chapter 4, we have the degeneration of the family. That's Cain's murder of his brother Abel. And then in chapter 6, the wickedness of Noah's day can be described as the degeneration of society. And in chapter 11, we have a Nimrod and Babel story, and that we might call the degeneration of the nations. But Genesis doesn't end in chapter 11. Genesis goes on through chapter 12 through 50, and in in these chapters, we have the process of regeneration. Chapters 12 through 35, verse 21, we have the regeneration of individuals through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Their lineage, their families, the works that they did, they're recorded there in some detail. We have also the regeneration of family in Genesis 35, verse 22 through 38, verse 29, The 12 sons of Jacob are the focus here, the leaders, the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. And then chapter 39, verse 1, through chapter 50, verse 21, we have the regeneration of society. This is the story of Joseph, how he was born, the trials that he went through early in his life, how God spared him and set him apart because of his faithfulness, how he winds up in Egypt and how God saves him there, and ultimately, how God saves the nation of Israel through which he had promised to bring the Messiah. We find that in Genesis chapter 50, verse 22 through 26, a very short introduction to the regeneration of nations. That's that's carried on throughout the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. When writing Mo- Genesis, Moses used a unique outline form to, uh, to carry through his authorship process. He used what is called in Hebrew the Toledot process, or he focused on the generations, or the head of the family and the descendants of that family. The, the word Toledot means generations, and Moses considered 11 generations throughout the book of Genesis. These segments, are our divisions, are called the introduction, chapter 1 through 2, verse 3, the heavens and the earth, chapter 2, verse 4 through 4, verse 26, the generations of Adam, chapter 5, verse 1 through 6, verse 8, the generations of Noah, chapter 6, verse 9 through 9, verse 29, the sons of Noah the generation of the sons of Noah, chapter 10, verse one through 11, verse nine, and the generations of Sham, chapter 11, verse 10 through 11, verse 26, and the generations of Terah, that's Abraham's father, chapter 11, verse 27 through chapter 25, verse 11. And that carries us beyond the scope of our series of studies here. Then we have the generations of Ishmael, very short record, chapter 25, verse 12 through verse 18, and the generations of Isaac, chapter 25, verse 19 through 35, verse 29. The generations of Esau are short as well, chapter 36, verse one through 37, verse one, and then the generations of Jacob, which includes the 12 tribes, twelve heads of the tribes of Israel and the story of Joseph, chapter 37, verse two through 50, verse 26. Genesis teaches us about three major eras of history, and these are very important for our gospel understanding of this New Testament age that we live in. First of all, there's the Antediluvian age, which is the pre-flood period. That's chapters one through nine. We'll spend a major portion of our study in this series in these chapters. This is the creation to the flood, and this time period lasts about 1600 years. And then there's the post-Diluvian age, that's after the flood, chapters 10 through and 11, the flood to the call of Abraham, this is about 400 years. And then there's the patriarchal period. In fact, all of these three periods could be called the patriarchal period because Noah and Adam, of course, were patriarchs. Uh, Genesis chapter 12 verse through chapter 45 covers this period. This is the call of Abraham to the time that his descendants, Jacob and his sons, go down to Egypt. And this covers about 215 years. Then there's the beginning of the Egyptian period, Genesis 46 uh, through chapter 50. This is when Jacob, or Israel, and his sons go down to Egypt until the time of the Exodus, and it's picked up again in the book of Exodus in chapter one with the story of Moses, and this covers about 70 years. Genesis teaches us about some all-time greats and heroes of faith, of whom we can read about in uh, the Hall of Fame of Faith chapter in the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 11. Adam's the first man, He also is the one that fell into sin and brought the curse of sin upon all of the human race. And we have in Genesis the first promise of victory over Satan. That promise is found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, which I will read at the end of this uh, presentation. And then there's Noah. Noah is centered on highlighted because of the preservation of the human race. He is the only righteous man. God says that he found grace. That the scripture says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord, and that's because of his righteousness and because of his obedience. He uh, endured the flood, he built the ark, and he also preached righteousness for 120 years. He also received the promise that God would never destroy the flo- earth with a flood ever again. And then we have Abraham. The, he received the blessing of God and the call from God to go to leave his homeland and go to the land of promise, the land of Canaan, a place that he had never seen. He also was told that he would have multiple descendants and that they would bless all the earth. We see Jesus in the book of Genesis. This and, and I'll be done. Jesus in the book of Genesis is pictured to us in Genesis 3, verse 15, Genesis 9, verse 26, and 49, verse 10. I only want to read one because of the great promise that this Proto-Evangelium gives to us. Genesis 3, verse 15, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. So with all of these things in the book of Genesis, I'm excited. I know that surveys and overviews like this can be a little dry and a little dull, I don't mean it to be that way, and I'm, I apologize if you found it to be that way. But this lays the foundation for us to begin a study, uh, an in depth study of these first 11 chapters. We'll be doing this for some time. I hope that you'll stay with us, and I hope that you have a wonderful day. Thank you for checking in and for watching Send the Light podcast. I'm a member, I'm, my name is Mike Bolton. I'm a member of the Church of Christ that meets here in Waterloo, Iowa. Our address is 2543 Cedar Terrace Drive in Waterloo. Uh, We have tons of resources that we would be thrilled to share with you. We have hundreds of correspondence courses that we deal with on almost a weekly basis. And we look forward to each time that we get one of those returned to us so that we can go through it and communicate back what uh, may be correct and encourage people in their faith and build them up in their faith. We love to sit down and study and talk to people in person. This is the highlight of our week, whether we're doing it via Zoom or whether we're doing it across the table. That's actually my preference, but we can make arrangements for uh, for special needs. So we'd love to study with you. Please reach us at, reach out to us at some of the contact information below. God bless you. Have a great day.